Welcome to Homeschool Musings. This is Mina, your host, where we dive into all things homeschool, curriculum, philosophy, poetry, daily reflections, and so much more. Thank you for joining us. Hello, and welcome to Homeschool Musings. Today we have Sarah from Everyday Homeschooler. She's a YouTuber, a mom to five kids, and wears many hats and is active in her ministry at a church plant that they are doing right now. Welcome, Sarah. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit further about the ages of your kids or grades, and you're kind of doing it all right now. A little bit. It feels that way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My name is Sarah, and I am entering my ninth year of homeschool. And we have, like she said, five kids. Um, They range in age. I have a 13-year-old, 11, seven, two and a half, and then I have a 10-month-old baby. Um, So yeah, doing teens and toddlers and an infant and elementary school kids, kind of, you know, all all the hats doing all the things um, and and really loving every minute of it for sure. Um, My husband and I have been married for 15 years, and um, we we met right after we both became believers. And so we've been jumped headfirst into ministry and the churches that we've served in and just really have a heart for not only homeschool, but just serving our local church. Awesome. Well, welcome. So were you always homeschooling from the very beginning? We have. We have, which I wish I could take credit for that, but it's all my husband. Um, (laughs) Was he homeschooled um, himself then? No. So both of us were public school kids. And like I said, we both became believers right before we met. And we we met in a single Sunday school class at a local church. And we had a lot of veteran homeschoolers in that church. And this was like the early 2000s when homeschooling was not trendy, was not popular. You know, it was really kind of off the cuff. And we had just met so many families in our church that were homeschooling and just, oh, their kids were just wonderful. And it was just such a good example. And my husband was like, you see that when we get married, that's what I want. And I was like, I don't don't know about that. Um, So it took a little bit of convincing, um, but I was actually going to college to be a teacher. So the idea of teaching was definitely on my radar. I just did not envision homeschool. So yeah. Yeah. And so have you found that now you have this huge range and you're eclectic at style. I'm eclectic as well. And I find that kind of eclectic homeschoolers, we just, we just tend to love curriculum too much that we can't seem to like, oh, I'm only going to use this one because there's just so many great options out there. So what um, are you guys currently using and what things have you used in the past? I'm sure you could probably list 20 or 30 things. Yeah, the the things I've used in the past, the list is long. Um, Actually, one of my best friends of mine, we we joke that our hobby is going through homeschool curriculum, like just reading up on it and researching it for fun, (laughs) Yeah, Um, which is actually kind of why I started Everyday Homeschooler, just because I had done so much research. But um, yeah, we, we have done a lot of different um, homeschool methods. I, I feel like we've tried every style out there. We've, we've tried our hat at all of them. But just in the last few years, I feel like I finally found my confidence and kind of what fit well for our family. Um, currently, we are pursuing a more of a unit study style. We are using Gather Round as our main core 
for our homeschool and then supplementing with a few other things um, of new phonics program for my seven-year-old and we use Matthew C for math. Um, so yeah, but, but gather around homeschool is going to be the big core of our homeschool for this year. Oh, good. And do you find that you switch to that because you're managing so many different ages? Yes. Was that... It- Oh, yes. Gather Around Homeschool was an answer to a desperate prayer that I I didn't even know I really exactly had. Um, Right after I had my fifth baby last, uh, right around last Christmas, I I was, we were taking a break for Christmas break and I was just pulling out my hair. I was exhausted. I was up all the night and I just felt like I was running from one child to the next, one subject to the next, doing homeschool from dawn until dusk and still not marking off all of my check boxes on my to-do list. And I just happened to be perusing, you know, curriculum reviews on YouTube and saw Rebecca Spooner's um, YouTube video about her new curriculum gather round. And I was like, you know, Let's, let's try it. We're going to just try one unit for one month in January and see how it goes. And so I bought the space unit. And honestly, within, I would say, three or four days of using the curriculum, I, I knew this was for us. Wow. This was style homeschool that would fit our family in this season of life. Oh, great. And then since you had homeschooled with lots of curriculums, because I'm also kind of a curriculum junkie myself, and I know a lot of people have really wondered, is it enough? Like, do you feel that you are getting everything that you need? That is the million dollar question. I feel like that's everybody's question about Gather Round. Um, I I would say it definitely depends on the type of homeschooler you are. Gather Round is a little bit more of a minimalistic style of homeschooling where it, it gives you a lot of freedom to read read books or go down rabbit trails of research with your kids. So you can do it very minimally and maybe, maybe that isn't going to be enough for you and your kids, but it gives you the flexibility to jump in and just do more research and, you know, go down all these long rabbit trails. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of make it fit for your family. Yeah. Um, so is it enough is kind of a hard question. It kind of depends on what's, what? what type of homeschooler you are. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say you started out homeschooling as kind of that traditional classical approach? I well, So when I first started, I was definitely, I, Honestly, I told you we were at that church with all these veteran homeschoolers, and I, I literally just went to several of them, and I was like, tell me what to buy. Whatever mm-hmm. you say, I'll just buy it. And a lot of that was very traditional. Um, I did start out with Matthew C., and I've never left, mm-hmm. um, but it was a lot, of, a lot of textbook, traditional type of schooling, and I, I learned really quickly that that was not necessarily going to work for my kids and for yeah. my personality. Um, Then I ended up doing classical for a few years. We were actually part of classical conversations out of a desperation to need some social (laughs) interactions for my young kids, in in particularly my oldest son. Mm -hmm. I was desperately wanting positive peer pressure for him. Mm -hmm. He was kind of in this, and I think a lot of boys go through this. My mom is the only one making me do this homeschool, and I, I don't want to do this. I want to go outside and play. I want to go outside and run and build and you know build forts and jump on the trampoline. I, I don't want to sit here and do school. My mom is so mean making me do this. Mm. And so I desperately thought, oh, if I can just get him around some other homeschoolers, he'll realize I'm not the only mean mom. All the moms are making us do reading <laughs> and writing. Um, and so it definitely worked um, for that. And what age was he when you started? Like, um, well, we started in preschool. So but no, right like when you switched to classical conversations, oh, you were going he was through that in um, second grade. Okay. Second grade. 
area. Yeah. yeah. I found um, that to be mine. Having, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was finding, yeah, because my boys are um, well, going to be first grade and third grade. And I think it's just really common. And that's, as I'm sure you found in your research, it's like polar opposite homeschooling boys and girls. And so um, did you find then that did help you entering into yes. more socializing with him? Yes, it, it was super helpful. Although, um, you know, I also have the added dynamic that, you know, my oldest is 13 and my next oldest is 11 and she's a girl mm. and she's your typical, I love to do school. I would do school for fun type of girl. Yeah. Loves yeah, loves to check off all the to-dos on her to-do list and, and race us through school. Can get it done before breakfast. Um, wow. And so you have the one extreme of, you know, like kind of that classic boy wants to run and play and this mm -hmm. other girl who wants to sit in the corner and read. Yeah. And that dynamic, like it, it wasn't great for, you know, sibling rivalry, rivalry was starting. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, we need to get some added perspectives in here. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. And then you did classical conversations for how many years? Um, let's see, about three and a half, almost four. Okay. Um, we, we loved, it, it worked so well for our family for a good long time. I tutored, I did a lot of things in mm -hmm. classical conversations and loved it. But when I got pregnant with my fourth child, um, I, I had to do some bed rest. We had some things happening in the pregnancy mm -hmm. and I was just kind of realizing my age range of kids was getting larger. Um, because at that time my, there's 10 years between my oldest son and my youngest son. Wow. And I just knew I, you know, because of the age range, I was going to need to be at home more and not on the go at a co-op yeah. or at a class. You know, we were going to need a lot more home time. And it was just funny. The Lord knew that that's what I needed because that's when I actually gained all of my confidence in homeschooling was when I took a step back and slowed down and stopped looking at what everybody else was mm -hmm. doing and just felt like, okay, what's going to work for us in this season? Yeah, no. And I think that's so important because homeschooling is really, it's a lifestyle, right? And so as our life changes and ebbs through different seasons, it's going to look different. And so unfortunately with the internet and all the greatness it has to offer, it also has to offer the whole iPhone generation complex of, oh, I'm not doing it good enough or, you know, comparison. Mm -hmm. And so that's always kind of where I just try to really encourage hey, your homeschool isn't going to look like my homeschool, and that's totally okay. And so I love hearing kind of your testimony of how God's led you through the different seasons and what you needed. And yeah, I've totally, I've almost actually jumped on board with the gather round because we, as we homeschool, we were kind of started out more Charlotte Mason, but mm -hmm. then I pushed us really hard into like a classical traditional approach and it wasn't working. So then I went back to Charlotte Mason but then I found where we're almost kind of like borderlining on, we had a whole bunch of different life things happen this last year where we weren't able to do things that we normally would do in our daily basis. And it's like, oh, well, this school year, we're just doing life, you know, and kind of almost an unschool philosophy. But we always like where we come back to is read aloud time. So very yes. literature based. And that's like the anchor in our homeschool. And I find that as mm -hmm. you homeschool, it's like everyone has, what's your anchor, you know? So since you're so active in your ministry at church, especially with kids, I find a lot of people like I personally, I got saved um, right around. That's why I started homeschooling. My, my youngest was in kindergarten or my oldest was in kindergarten. And as soon as I got saved, God convicted me, bring him out. 
And so I was like, oh my gosh, started researching all these things. And because I came out of the new age, I tend to like really get into apologetics and just overly like, you know, we'll just do Bible for like two hours some days. Um, And so I'm like, you know, but I find it really interesting that a lot of people, they actually really struggle with bringing Bible and bringing their faith into their home with their children. Do Mm. you see that around or how do you handle Bible time and that in your home? Um, Well, I would definitely say, you know, I kind of handle it differently depending on the age of my kids, but I, I definitely see that. I feel like there's kind of this feeling of, oh, I don't want to force religion on my child, but at the same time, you want to lead and guide them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try not to necessarily um, call our Bible time part of our school time, Mm -hmm. um, because it's just part of our family culture. It it is part of who we are. And so I sometimes actually just kind of try to separate our Bible time from our school time. Um, We're early birds. I'm I'm a person who gets up really early in the morning. And so we just kind of have the culture that that's what we do when we get up in the morning is Mm -hmm. we read our Bible, we do prayers Mm -hmm. and listen to worship music. And so we've just kind of modeled that for our kids and especially my two older ones, my 13 and my 11 year old, um, you know, we've, we've kind of guided them and helped them to, especially this year, we've been using, it's called, oh gosh, Exploring the Bible. It's a devotional. Mm-hmm. And they've. it really is great for that age range because it is taking them through the Bible chronologically and they're reading it on their own. And it gives them a very simple like verse to memorize every week and a prayer to, you know, focus on. And then just like one question about the passage that they read each day. And it's, it's really encouraging the habit of them being in their Bible every day, but more on an independent basis. And so in, in our house, we just kind of have everybody does their own Bible study before breakfast. And then at breakfast, we have a conversation like, Hey, what did you do in your Bible today? What did you, mama read this about Daniel. Did you know that about Daniel? And that just, you know, it becomes a part of our meal time. And again, it just creates this, this love of scripture and that conversation. And it just, it's worked really well for our family. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. And then do you guys do also kind of like a family devotion time then as well? Anytime um, or just no. your mornings? Uh, just in the morning right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband also like, you know, on the weekends, my husband will do a little bit more. He is one who goes around at bedtime with everybody and, Aww. you know, prays with yeah. everyone at bedtime. He um, He's reading through a book with my seven-year-old every evening that's going through different Christians throughout history, like mm-hmm. Brother Andrew and missionaries and different things and talking about their example. Um, so Ooh, what's I that book called? Oh gosh, I'll have to look. I don't remember. I'll, I'll yeah. send it to you. Awesome, and I'll throw it in the show notes because yeah, yeah, I'm always loving yeah, nice it, books. It's really good. Um, but yeah, so we we kind of just again with with the season of life we're in with teens and toddlers and babies, you know, sometimes we have to divide and conquer. And so I tend to do the morning shift, and he does the evening evening shift. And then you know, Sunday mornings we're all in the pew together and worshiping and serving together at church, and it just. Mm-hmm. It works really well right now. Oh, praise the Lord. That's great. And how has it been? Do you think that homeschool has gotten easier as time has gone on or has it gotten kind of just in those juggling moments 
you know, like oh. you said, gather round felt like an answered prayer to you because you were able to finally manage it all. And now that you're doing that, do you think it's actually easier for you? Okay. So I really, really want to say it's gotten easier because I know that gives people hope that it's going <laughs> to get better. Um, but honestly, I think it's a roller coaster. Um, it just depends on what life circumstances are, you know, throwing at you or what, you know, growth spurt your child is going through. Um, you know, I, we have seasons of, you know, one child struggling with this area, one child struggling with this subject. And so I feel like it just ebbs and flows, but I would definitely say the part that's easier is I just trust myself more. I trust my own decision-making. I trust my instincts a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily feel the need to always run and, you know, research everything to, you know, find a solution. I just, I trust my gut a lot more. So in that aspect, I think homeschool has definitely gotten easier. And I think that's just with experience and a lot of trial and error and mistakes. Yeah. And so how, what kind of tips do you have for the mom who has kids, she's actively schooling, and then you have the toddler and the baby? Yes. What Um, is happening with them as you're going around the table? (laughs) Full transparency, TV is my friend right now. Um, I, we tend to do a lot of school during Sesame Street when my toddler is watching an episode of Sesame Street Mm -hmm. and we school during nap time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my biggest thing is, is don't, don't give yourself so much of a structured schedule. You just, you have to be flexible when you're meeting the need. If you're nursing a baby or you have a toddler who's, you know, teething and has different nap times. I just, I try to create more of rhythms and routines for our homeschool, and I'm not a slave to the clock. I'm not saying, oh, it's, it's 930. We got to get math going. I, I just wait until I can get everybody settled and calm, and, and then we move on with our day. And so sometimes that means we finish school at 2. Sometimes that means we finish school at 5, and, and that's okay. Um, so just flexibility for sure if you are, if you're handling a lot of different ages. Yeah, yeah, Awesome. And what would you say is your kind of different curriculums that you would help guide people into like that since you've tried many different ones? Oh, I I have a few favorites for sure. Um, I've done a few videos about this on my channel, but um, Dr. Karen Halinga, who wrote Spelling You See, I actually, I personally know her. She lives locally to us. And I just, I love her. I love, I love her curriculum with Spelling You See. It has been, it's been so beneficial for my kids. It's a little bit more of a Charlotte Mason feel if you're not familiar with it, with a lot of copy work and letterbox chunking and, um, you know, spelling within context. It's really good. And she just came out with, it's called Happy Cheetah Reading. It's just brand new um, to the market this year. It's a phonics program for, I think it's K through three. And I I saw it in her office when I was there. And my daughter and I have like dive. We have just, oh, we love it. We dove in and it's fabulous. Um, So those are kind of my two language arts ones that I absolutely love, especially in the young elementary years. Um, and then I, I've said, we're Matthew C. junkies. I, I've been doing Matthew C. since my son was in kindergarten, and now we're starting, you know, pre-algebra this year, which I can't even wrap my brain around, but <laughs> um, we just, we love Steve Demi, and Matthew C. has just been, it's been such a blessing to our family for sure. Oh, great. And would you say you've taught how many kids now to read? Um, I'm, I'm finishing my third child. Your third. 
Yeah. Have you found they've all learned to read differently? Yes, very much so. <laughs> My oldest son, um, he, and he, he would say this himself. He was a struggling reader. He struggled with a desire to read. He struggled with phonics. I mean, he just, he had a lot of stumbling blocks and he actually had some vision issues. Um, he, he passed all of his, um, you know, vision screenings and stuff at the pediatrician office. But Dr. Karen Talinga was actually the one who noticed that he was having some muscle eye spasms and referred us to uh, an eye doctor who he did some eye therapy. And as soon as we did eye therapy, his reading totally got better. It, it was just wow. a game changer for him. Um, so if, if I would have known that teaching children to read was not that hard, I wouldn't have been so scared. Um, <laughs> thankfully yeah. my next oldest child, she, she really taught herself. I really did not have to do much. I handed her, we, we used yeah. to use six spell read and write, which is an old curriculum, but I handed her the book and she kind of just learned to read all by herself. It was, it was not hard at all. And Oh, how I needed that with all the struggles right. with my oldest. Mm -hmm. um, my third child who I've been teaching to read, she is really a hands-on learner. And so I've had to get really creative um, with kind of like giving her words that she can do with her hands to kind of sound things out. And and that that's just been a whole different ballgame, um, like teaching her to read with a hands-on reader. So that, it's been really fun, but it's been a totally different experience. Yeah. And isn't that just so funny how it's like every child child is so unique, you know, and then when we're doing research as homeschool moms, like I know my oldest, he's kind of a struggling reader as well. And I've bought and I feel like every phonics program, which I'm going to look up happy <laughs> cheetah reading as soon as we're done. Um, but yeah, that it's, you know, you do, you find that like I have a friend who has a girl and same thing. Oh, she just kind of taught herself how to read. Like I know that's how I was. That's how my sister was. But that, you know, you have these learners who are very different and that as you're homeschooling, especially those of us who come out of that public education system where it's like a one shoe fits all, that's actually not how it is at all. So yeah. I really like hearing kind of the differences in that. Um, and then and what I, would, would, like, I wish I could go back to myself when I, I feel um, like that's one of my biggest regrets with yeah. homeschooling is I, I just, I lost so much sleep and I had so much anxiety about my son's reading. And I just yeah. felt like he's never going to learn it. I'm never going to be able to teach him. And, and it just created so much doubt. And I, I wish I could go back to myself and just say, just slow down, take a break, it, yeah. it, you know, pursue the relationship. It, it will happen. He will learn to read. It's just, you know, taking a different timeline than what I had expected. <laughs> and, you know, now he's my one who loves to read. He's, he's reading the Green Ember series for fun and Narnia. Oh. And, you know, I never would have dreamed that just a couple of years ago. Right. So, you know, you just, you have to take a step back and be patient and it's so hard in the moment though. Yeah. And that's what is, that's the number one common theme I find with everyone I interview. And even when you read other homeschool blogs is just slow down. Like it's mm -hmm. all good, you know, and that the child who's excelling in first grade, they might actually be lagging in 11th grade. You know, it's like in those early elementary years, it's like, as you're getting transitioned to homeschool life, it's just, we put so much stress on ourselves. That's totally unnecessary, which then of course our children pick up on that as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think if there's anyone out there with struggling readers, 
you know, I found the best thing I did was I just simply put it away. And I said, you know what, we're not even going to do this right now. And I'll try again in another three to five months. And we picked it back up. And again, like I had to do that two times where now finally there's like grasping things and just really getting back that love of education. Yes, the love of learning is, I mean, I feel like that is the most important thing we can be teaching them in those early elementary school years Mm -hmm. is a love of learning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reading skills will come, the math skills will come if they, if they learn, if they know how to learn, if they love to learn, it, it will come eventually. Yeah. And I definitely have a confession moment there because I pushed it so hard. I had to step back. And then that's really where God gives us grace. And I find as a Christian homeschooler, it's like I learned so much about my faith through homeschooling and then with the family unit because you're together all day, every day. And it's a great opportunity where it's like I've had to come to my boys and be like, mommy, sorry, you know, do you forgive me? (laughs) And so this semester, we're actually kind of doing something a little different. And because I've wanted to get that love of learning back. And I've recognized, like my kids, they don't really associate reading books as school, because yeah. which I'm, I'm really grateful for. We just awesome. love, we love our read aloud time. But like the math and the copy work, you know, and the table time work, that's mm-hmm. where they're like, ah, oh, school. And I'm like, well, what can I do to really get them excited about mm-hmm. learning again? And so kind of, you know, definitely COVID inspired and the times in which we live. Um, And daddy is home more often. He's an Eagle Scout. So he has a lot of, you know, kind of those survival skills. And so we're doing kind of what we're calling like prepper survival semester. And (laughs) so it's like we got a flint and like learning how to start a fire, you know, and these like different skills that are, um, you know, more non-traditional. And then I've been gathering different books that, you know, I'm going to incorporate into like for copy work and things of that nature. Oh, so, yeah. You are definitely kind of diving into unschooling there a little bit. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll kind of see. And that's what, you know, I just want to give permission to our listeners. If there's a style that isn't working for you, like leave it. If there's a curriculum that isn't working, leave it. Yes. It's okay. And that God will then provide, especially when you are praying like every day, you know, I invite you, Lord, to take over my homeschool. He's going to guide you and lead you. And sometimes it's not going to be with what you were doing last year or even the last semester. And that's okay. Yes. I was going to say, that's one of the things I would say is like, it's okay to switch mid semester. It's okay to switch mid year. Like if it's, if something is not working don't waste your time and your patience and your child's love of learning. You know, there, there are, we live in an age of so many options out there for education. Just, just try something else, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And did you find that um, how many years? Cause I know that on the flip side, there are people that argue, Oh, you, you're changing too much. I think that eclectic homeschoolers, we kind of get lumped in that sometimes like, Oh, how, how do you know? You didn't even like it. You didn't even try it. Mm -hmm. Um, where I would say for me, it's something, it's just like, you can almost tell, like, you know, give it a solid two to three weeks, but you know, within that timeframe, if it's working for your family, Mm -hmm. um, is that what you found for yourself? I have. And, and I would say kind of to, I've heard that kind of criticism before. And I Mm -hmm. guess the one thing I would say, I guess Matthew C is kind of my fallback for that, where I'm like, well, I started with that and I'm still using (laughs) it all these years later. So when something works, I stick with it. Um, 
But I, I think a lot of times too, it depends on the season of life for your family, you know, what growth spurt, maturity spurt, you know, thing is happening for your child. Maybe something worked great in kindergarten and first grade, but it did, isn't going to work in fourth and fifth grade. You, you don't have to marry one curriculum and, and use it all the way through high school or even one, you know, homeschool style. I know for myself, like I, I have changed in the last five years, things that I like and pursue and do changes all the time. And so I, I should expect the same thing of my children as well. You know, how they learn and what they want to pursue is going to change. And that's the beauty of homeschool is we get to make this individualized education that, that works best for each of our children. I love that. Totally. And I also do want to just encourage, you know, if there are, if you are one of those, like I met a mom who she picked, you know, a Becca and pre-K and then graduated both her children using that, you know, all the way through. My mind couldn't even wrap around that. (laughs) I couldn't even go. I'm I'm kind of jealous. Like I wish I could find something that worked that well and we could just do it. Right. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Totally. I get the, you know, like the reading resource catalog and I'm like, oh, I just, let's order it all, you know, but it's like, no, okay, set it down. Oh yes. I I have to have a budget. My husband and I always have to go over like, what's the homeschool budget? Because I, you can spend a lot of money on books, a a lot of money very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) So how have you found that with, um, with the gather round? I know that's a question. Do you print yourself or did you, you do? Yes. So we do. Yeah, we do digital. Um, which thankfully we, we've always been since we started homeschooling. Um, my husband is a software engineer, um, by trade. And so he is, he's a tech guy. It doesn't take me much convincing to ask him for anything like a big ask for a computer or a printer or something like that. He'll, he, he's not, I don't have to do a lot of convincing. So when I asked him for like a big kind of more expensive printer copier machine, he was like, oh yeah, let's get that. Um, so having that in our home makes digital, you know, downloads and printing it ourselves really easy. Um, and I'm just the type of personality, I'm a planner and I like to organize things. So printing all the curriculum and laminating, like, oh, that that's like a great <laughs> afternoon for me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and then what would you say, just kind of, I want to hear a little bit more about any tips you have on balancing life. And if you could give mm-hmm. our listeners a little bit of what God's been leading your family into the last few years. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot like, you know, my husband and I, he, he works full time, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. And then I, you know, we're homeschooling and we're working in our church and, it's, it's a lot to balance, especially when you're up in the night with a newborn and your teenager is wanting to stay up late talking. There's, there's a lot of sleep deprivation and you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. And it's just so interesting. I just see the Lord shaping me and um, sanctifying me and, and revealing so much of my own sin through mm-hmm. all of that. Um, but I, I feel like we're balance is this thing in our society that we're all trying to get all the time. We think we're going to be able to put all those plates in the air and keep them spinning. And, you know, at some point or another, one plate's going to fall. And so my experience is like, when I give my whole heart to homeschooling, well, then the laundry doesn't get done. And when I give my whole heart to my household, then I, I don't volunteer at church that week. And, you know, there's only so much of you to go around. And so I, I just try to like, 
be okay with that, that, you know, when I, when I am diving deep into this one need in my life, some other things are going to, you know, fall off, fall off that plate's going to fall off that and stop spinning and fall off that pole. And that's okay. I'll go, I'll run back over and pick it back up and put it up there again. And just, you know, it's, it's hard, but you give yourself a little bit of a break and don't expect to do it all. I, I, we have a culture, especially as women. And I think homeschool moms, we, we think we have to do it all and it's, it's just not possible. And so being willing to ask for help and just admitting our own, our own faults and our own failures and, and just knowing we, we can't do it all and that's okay. Yeah, totally. That is okay. And that's actually something I've been doing is um, writing down a list of things that, you know, if I'm pouring myself into something, that means that I have to get rid of something else. And so I'm really, I'm like, I, I didn't think I was actually minimalist, but I live in a small off-grid like pretty much one room cabin. And wow. so we, yeah, so we only have like one small closet and, mm. you know, I've had to realize like, oh, actually I am very minimalist, but my mm -hmm. one thing is books. Like I love books, but I find that I'm constantly having to, you know, if I'm getting new books and I have to go through and get rid of other books and same thing in our life, like you were saying, that plate's going to fall down, but it's okay. Like it's okay. And we got to give ourselves grace with that because God does. And that we learn something when that plate falls down and then we put it back up. So, and and I actually, I was listening at a convention. I heard a talk recently where it was a virtual convention of yeah. course, right now. But um, the person was saying, you know, when you are starting to feel very overwhelmed and like you have too much going on and you, you can't keep all those plates spinning, you need to stop and ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what have you asked me to do? Because so often God has called us to be a wife. God has called us to be a mother. Maybe God has called us to be a homeschool mom, but he hasn't called us to do maybe two or three other roles that right. we're putting on our own plates. And right. so just being, you know, giving yourself the opportunity to take a step back and say, okay, Lord, what is it that you have asked me to do? And what have I added on that maybe I can take off right now? Exactly. Exactly. I think that is so key, especially, you know, if you're walking in the faith. Mm. And would you say that um, any kind of tips for people, like I find there's a lot of unexpected homeschoolers right now due to COVID. And where would you just kind of guide those beginner homeschool moms or the homeschool moms that are like in the trenches? What would be your best homeschooling tips wrapping up? Less is more, which I know is hard. Our tendency is to want to do it all, but less is more. Um, yeah. Just find those moments where you are going to really connect with your kids and find that love of learning, whether that's, you know, curling up on the couch and doing read alouds of picture books for an hour or going outside and doing a nature study and, you know, painting on canvases in the backyard, you know, find those moments that are really going to build relationship with your kid. And, you know, everybody is so stressed and worried and anxious right now. So anytime I feel like in this season of life where we can just connect with our kids and enjoy the moment that that is going to be so, so good and so worthwhile. You'll get all of those math problems done at some point or another. You're not going to fall behind, you know, in just one year and whatever that 
fall behind is, you know, by whose standards. Right. Um, but just focus on the relationship that you have with your kids, because I really feel like this season of life is such a gift to families. God is, you know, calling us to reconnect and really have a strong bond as family units. And so just take advantage of that time as, as much as you can. Yeah, no, I love that. That's exactly what I thought of. You know, there's all these negatives associated around COVID right now and all these things. But it's like, really, that's what I saw is, wow, through this time, God is reconnecting families in this Mm -hmm. way where children, all children crave to be with their parents. God designed children that way where they want, you know, mom and dad more than anyone else. And so they get to have that. And sure, there might be like these struggles through that, but that's part of the relationship. You get to work on that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, what would you say a couple of different activities? You gave the read alouds, the painting. Mm-hmm. What about for older children? Like how do you connect with now that you're kind of getting in that preteen yeah. teenager years? Um, honestly, I, I have to kind of meet them where they are. We play a lot of board games and a lot of video games. <laughs> um, you know, we take a lot of bike rides and take walks together. Um, I find that my kids really, um, they love being able, especially my 11 and 13 year old, they, they want to be able to stay up late and talk to mom after the babies have gone to bed and get, get that full attention from me. Or they, they love to beat me in video games. That's, that's so fun for them. Um, So just kind of finding those interests that they have, Um, you know, maybe it's my son picks a book and I I read it too, um, just because that's the book he's interested in. But just, you know, finding those activities that they enjoy um, that can be educational and doing them along with them. I love that. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me.